Welcome to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive with Dr. Rebecca Risk. Do you ever feel that even though nothing seems seriously wrong and you pass all the medical tests, that you still feel that your health, pain, and fatigue are completely out of control? It doesn't have to be that way. Listen to the tips and suggestions given on our program today and take back control of your health. Now, here is Dr. Rebecca Risk. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Falling Through the Cracks. Today, I'm joined by Alana Berg. She is a naturopathic doctor who is sharing her insights from her book, The Courageous Cure. Alana, welcome to the show. Thank you. So what inspired you to me. what inspired you to put this book together? Um, it actually came after probably many years of wanting to write, but not really having the clarity about what exactly I wanted to write. And then about two years ago, I just really felt like it was time to kind of step into that space because one of the things that I find that my patients often struggle with is really kind of stepping into their healing journey for a number of reasons. Um, and I just really felt like if people could have a tangible um, place to go to just really get a foundation of what's going on in their body, like a resource and information and in a relatable way that they could understand, it would just help to empower them and motivate them to really step into that journey. And so I really, I wrote it to be accessible for everyone to really just kind of understand that process so that they could relate it to themselves and really see the areas that they needed to heal and just really help them step into that journey. Well, you know, um, when I read your book over, I, I said to someone today that it was um, very similar to, to a conversation that I would have with a patient the first time they came in about what I thought could be going on, um, which I think is really good because a lot of people don't realize what could be causing their symptoms or their illness. And, um, you know, y- your book is is called The Courageous Cure, Understanding Why You Get Sick and Revealing How You Can Heal. And and I think that that is important. It's not happening in mainstream medicine and as Mm -hmm. our world gets more toxic we get more toxic and we get sicker and a lot Mm -hmm. of people are kind of lost in this not knowing what to do because you know they can't get help for for just feeling a little bit tired if it's not showing up as a as a marker on blood work with their doctor Mm -hmm. I often explain to my patients um, you know, if you kind of look at health as a continuum, you've got optimal health on one end and you've got disease manifestation on the other. And in the middle, you've got this large gray area called dysfunction. And it's where the symptoms show up. But you're right, a lot of times on blood work or x-rays, um, you know, they, for all intents and purposes, come back normal. But people are like, I'm not feeling normal. So they're in this gray area a lot of times before disease is manifesting. And it could be in various areas and, and people are left very confused. And so I wanted this to really be, um, you know, a resource for them to really start learning and educating themselves. Because when we get educated, then we really feel like, okay, I, I've got this. I understand why this is happening. And then they can feel a lot more empowered in the whole process. Because it's, as a practitioner, one of the big things that we're doing is educating, right, and really needing to explain this is what's happening. And I think that's really, really important. So. You know, I wanted this, I'm, I'm only one person, so I really wanted this to be able to reach a lot more people and really get that message across. Um, you know, and um, w- one thing you said um, did resonate with me because a lot of people, when they finally are diagnosed with an illness, they'll say that they that their symptoms were leading up to this for five or ten years. And why mm-hmm. do we need to wait that long? And why does it have to yeah. turn into an illness? You know, I always tell people, yeah. go in and get all the testing done that you can, and we hope that there's nothing. Because the last thing yeah. we want is a diagnosis that you have to deal mm-hmm. with for the rest of your life. And wouldn't it be better yeah. if we just take this and turn it around and it doesn't turn into anything? That's right. It's like um, the saying of, you know, uh, ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure um, because it takes so much more once you're in that disease state to really, you know, it's it's life-changing, right? You know, people have to really, it affects your finances, it affects your performance, it affects, you know, whether you can work, whether you can function, your relationships. So the more that we can prevent and the more that we can be, um, you know, really understanding what's going on in the body, then you're not just living a, you know, a, a longer life, but a more um, abundant life and a productive life. And, and everybody wants quality of life, right? 
Mm-hmm. Exactly. I, I think that's what um, we're all striving for. We don't want to mm-hmm. be tired. We don't want to be sore. We don't want brain fog. We don't want to deal with, with these extra things that come with illness or symptoms of something brewing. Um, yes. We just want to yeah. go about our lives and enjoy it. Yeah. And and fulfill the things that we have to do. I mean, there's lots to do in this life. So <laughs> exactly. you know, we want to be at our best to do it. Exactly. So can you share with us um, some of your health story? Yeah. So when I first started kind of exploring the what did I want to write about and what did I really want to relate to people, interestingly, as a professional, one of the things that um, we're always taught to do is not talk about ourselves. So in the beginning, it was really difficult for me to talk about my story because Part of it, I always felt like, well, this is more I needed to help other people kind of understand their process. But what I really found, and I've been incredibly supported by, is is when I when I have had the ability, and and I I wrote about it in a book um, to share kind of my perspective, not just professionally but also personally, that it you know people have really felt inspired by that. Um, so you know my my kind of process is that um, a few years ago, so my daughter's now nine, so after the birth of my first daughter, um, I had a pretty pretty uh, traumatic birth, and being a, a practitioner, um, self-employed, I didn't have very much time off, uh, about three months before I had to go back to practice. And um, so it was a very uh, difficult time. I mean, being a new mom juggling that, um, recovering from the, you know, really traumatic labor, um, putting a lot of expectations on myself. Within a few months, I actually woke up with um, my arm, my right arm numb. And I thought at the time I must have pinched a nerve, you know, sleeping with my new baby beside me. But the the pain didn't, or the numbness never went away. So, you know, flash for a few months, you know, I did lots of exploration, reached out to my colleagues, couldn't really understand what was happening, and I wasn't getting any relief, so I ended up getting an MRI on my neck, thinking that there must be a pinched nerve, and sure enough, they actually found some demyelination on my spine, and they recommended I also get a um, brain scan done. So I had an MRI done on the brain, and they also found some lesions on my brain. So they diagnosed me with um, MS, and I remember that moment when they gave me that diagnosis, where I just knew in my heart that that was not going to be my story and that, that I was not going to give that disease um, my energy, that I knew inside myself really the process that I needed to work on and heal. So I proceeded to change a lot of things in my life, my diet, my uh, lifestyle, the way that I um, worked with stress. I reached out to a lot of different practitioners, um, and I went through that process for probably about a year. Um, and then I finally got to the point where I started really doing some of the deeper work. And I would say that would be more for me around trauma. Um, and interesting, actually, one of the books that I read at the time was um, by Gabor Mate, who's a medical doctor from BC and has done lots of work around uh, kind of root causes of disease. And one of the things that really stuck out to me with MS was trauma. And when I really started looking into that, I recognized that the birth of my daughter was very traumatic for me. It was about a 32-hour labor, um, and it was the problem, which all labors are very painful, um, but it was uh, I wasn't getting any relief, and um, it was just beyond the, the point of me being able to cope. So I had to do a lot of healing around that, healing around... Um, both forgiving myself for pushing myself so hard, forgiving the people that were there with me that I didn't feel like they supported me in the way I needed. And, you know, again, when it comes to things like trauma, it's very personal. So I had to work through a lot of that. And um, I also did a lot of prayer. And I, you know, I kept working on all the things that I was um, needing to do to change my lifestyle. Um, and about two years after the diagnosis, I went for my second MRI, and, and um, there were no lesions, and there was actually healing in the areas that were previously uh, had shown lesions. So that just kind of, you know, for me at the time, I was like, oh, that's my process, and that's my journey, but um, 
it wasn't until I actually started sharing it with other people that they were like, oh, yeah, but, you know, that's actually part of what we all as humans feel inspired by other people's stories. And that's why I actually chose to put so many stories in the book, because I think it helps people to really relate that, you know, I'm no different than anyone else. I'm a human. Um, just because I am a naturopath, it doesn't mean that I get to heal. It means that um, I might have some resources, but ultimately we all have resources, right? So it was really just that process of trying to help people understand that we're all in it together and that there are options and ways that we can really um, try and seek and find our, our own healing. And it's individual, right? That's It's a process for each one of us uniquely. So people ask me, well, what did you do specifically? But what I did is not going to be the same as what someone else needs to do. And there might be similarities in our process, but it's still very unique. Well, because in in your process, there was Alana, and in my healing process with what I, what I've gone through, there was Rebecca, and and that changes mm-hmm. the dynamic. Even if we had had this similar diagnosis and similar everything, the same, um, our experiences would have been different, and what happened would have been different, mm-hmm. just because we are different yeah. people, which is important to to remember. I think that gets forgotten when when we're dealing with illnesses. You know, first of all, it can become part of your identity. Um, but also yeah. just the way you're treated by your doctor, it's like, okay, try this medication, this medication, instead of looking at you and assessing what you need for what's going on for you. They're looking more at mm-hmm. the disease, which has a difference. Yes. Yeah. And and really, that's the whole thing with, you know, natural medicine, naturopathic medicine is why I, you know, really felt inspired to become a naturopath is it's, it's really people-focused, human-focused not disease-focused. So regardless of the disease, we're still trying to understand what does that mean in that individual, which is so important. Exactly. Now, what does the root cause of disease mean? So when I'm looking at any patient that comes in, I always kind of describe to them that my, my focus is always to find out why things are happening, not just what is happening. And I think so many times we get caught up in that, what are my symptoms? And, and often we end up getting to the point where we're chasing symptoms. So I take this, you know, medication or remedy or a supplement for this symptom, maybe it's pain, um, but not really acknowledging, well, why is that pain there in the first place? Um, or if there's an infection, why is that infection there in the first place? So getting to the root cause, meaning we're really trying to figure out what is the body's trying to tell us? What is it that is actually creating the, the imbalance in the body to allow those symptoms to show up? And sometimes it's not exactly, you know, directly connected the way that we logically would think. There's times that I might treat something and a totally different symptom improves, but the one that I thought I was treating didn't, didn't shift yet. So, Root cause is always about trying to get to the, the, the understanding if we, can, if we can figure out why the body's imbalanced and what it is that the body's even trying to tell us. Because in my perspective, a symptom is your body's kind of way of saying, hey, pay attention, there's something going on. Um, we need to look at this. So a symptom is your, your body's message. It's a way of trying to say, we need to look at this. So when we're looking at the symptoms, it's looking at that holistic picture of all the little messages that the body's sending and then trying to figure out what is, the, what is the similarity between that, what is the root that we can address so those symptoms can start to fall away. Sometimes it's really obvious and sometimes it's like peeling an onion. There's layers and it depends on how long it's been going on for, how severe the symptoms are, how many systems are being affected, and obviously that also then takes into account in how long it takes the body to, to heal. Mm-hmm. that whole paradigm shift it's a process right yeah well it definitely is a process it takes us uh, usually a process to get to where we are like I said some people are experiencing symptoms for five years or more and then they get diagnosed mm-hmm. so what was going on before they cross that line into the disease that symptoms and most That's likely right. the root cause starting to stir up and create this inflammation Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to talk and, about um, the root causes more when we get back. We're going to take a quick break. We're talking today with Dr. Alana Berg, and we're discussing her book, The Courageous Cure. And we'll be back shortly. Mm-hmm. 
your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Healthcare has been a major part of news stories today with one thing that has been consistent, inconsistency. Both healthcare providers and patients have to work around and get used to a constantly changing set of rules and issues. Nurses have historically been left out of this decision-making. Listen to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. Health professionals, we invite you to share your ideas and experiences while listening to experts in various areas of nursing. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Everything is energy. It's all connected. Your energy can be seen as the foundation for your life and impacts all areas of living. Do you realize that your thoughts have the power to affect how you show up? Tune in for Healthy Energy with Margot, featuring host Margot Nielsen. Margot and her guests will show you that connecting to your energy is vital to your health, relationships, money, and more. Listen live every Monday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Falling Through the Cracks with your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email directly to Dr. Risk. The email address is anantacalgary at gmail.com. Now, back to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Today, we're talking with Dr. Alana Berg, and we're discussing her book, The Courageous Cure. So, Alana, in your book, you you do have chapters on everything that could be causing uh, people's symptoms and being their root cause. So, um, we'll see. Um, First, I want to ask you about genetics, because that's the first thing that that you talk about. So, Mm -hmm. how does that play a role in what's going on? So, genetics are like our individual blueprint, Right? And I think genetics is probably the one category that most people are um, familiar with because that's one that's talked about it at, you know, at length. Um, and it's really just the options that, that our genes can be expressed. So what's important to know about genetics? Yes, there, is, um, there are certain um, manifestations of you know, genetic abnormalities that can happen, but how your genes are expressed is largely dependent on your environment. So that's where the study of epigenetics comes in. And um, certain um, people like Bruce Lipton have really popularized and, and really made that more known to people. And he's written several great books about it. But it's really just that understanding that what your cells, like right down to the cellular level, what your cells are exposed to, meaning the pH or the toxins or um, even as far as the emotional environment, um, what your cells are exposed to will dictate how that cell will express the genes within it. So what proteins will be created uh, in order to really respond to the environment. So your genes are always this, it's like this Rolodex of your genetic history of all the potentials that your cells can create, different proteins for different responses to the environment. Um, so genetics are important because, you know, they are, that is something that's passed down, which why we see certain conditions manifest in families. Um, but it's largely dependent on the environment. So it's not just, oh, I have this genetic predisposition to, you know, Parkinson's or or a heart disease or cancer, it's do I have the same conditions in my environment that could, if I'm not balanced and my body's not strong, that potentially it could show up that way. Think of it as more like a, it's our inherent weakness as opposed to, um, you know, we are a product of our genes. Um, and, you know, there's been a lot of research around that. How much is related to our genes? How much is it related to our environment? You know, and, and um, I know Bruce Lipton talks about how up to 80 plus of, of what is expressed in our genes is related to our environment. 
Well, that means that we have a lot of influence between what we eat, how we think, the toxins we're exposed to, on whether or not our genes manifest um, certain conditions. So it's actually, to me, I think it's very empowering to think that, you know, we're not just, oh, it doesn't matter what I do, doesn't matter how I eat, this is going to happen no matter what. It's this, oh, I actually have a lot of control over this. The interesting thing is where do most families, um, you know, when you think about how you learn your diet and your lifestyle and your behavior, it's from your parents. So naturally things will look like they're more um, genetic because so much of our environment is is the same and learn from our parents. Well, and and it's a very common comment to have people come in and say, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to have thyroid problems because so many people in my family do and, or, you yeah. know, something like that or heart disease. And, and you know, I, I try to point out that you're not tied to this. This can be prevented. Mm-hmm. So take that yeah. knowledge, knowing that it's like that. Don't have the same habits as your parents. Change your food. If, if it wasn't about their habits, then look into what was going on for them at that time and try to deal with whatever it is so that because you don't have to be predisposed to the same things Mm -hmm. as your parents yes so it it's really looking at yes we know that the disease is connected and and root causes of what goes on is connected to genetics but it's i think much more um empowering than we ever thought of historically uh, really with that discovery of epigenetics so um, one, one thing you also talk about in your book, and this, of course, you said can affect our genetics, is toxicity. What do you mean by that? Mm-hmm. So toxicity is really any time your body's exposed to something that can create either damage or abnormality or uh, can affect metabolic function or it can damage DNA. So it's anything that we're exposed to that alters the function of the body in some way. Um, and those things can be natural. So, for example, um, it could be a toxin from a bacteria. Um, it could be, you know, so a common one would be tetanus or um, botulism. Those are those two bacteria specifically produce a toxin that your body reacts to. So it's a toxin that actually affects the body. Um, or, you know, a simple one would be something like snake venom. I mean, it acts as a toxin in the body. Um, so there are things that are naturally occurring in the environment and um, all around us, and there are also things that are not natural, and, and obviously that's the one that um, I'm more concerned about because this is the new exposures that we are having that really are unprecedented ever before in history to the degree that we're seeing now. Well, I, I, I agree with you on that. And, uh, you know, things have definitely um, been shifting a lot uh, just in the time that, that I've been in practice. And um, people are a lot sicker than they used to be mm-hmm. and, and a lot harder to treat. And, um, you know, we really do need to look at not just each individual, but what we've done overall to our food and to our environment that is making people mm-hmm. so sick. Yeah, it, 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 we can't expect that we can't, you know, toxify our environment and have it not affect us because we are dependent on the environment for our food, for really everything. Um, so, you know, the water, the air, so we are interconnected. So there's no possible way that, that we can't have, that we're not going to be affected um, by the things that we're doing around pollution and, um, you know, from dumping in the oceans to um, radiation exposures. I mean, there's all sorts of things that that our bodies, that we are going to be affected by them. And I agree many times what I've been practicing now for about 13 years, and even when I first started, the things that patients used to respond to, they don't respond to them now. Um, And it is a lot more complex and complicated. What was interesting, I actually went to... Um, Kenya actually on a medical trip just this um, past month in January and one of the things that was really interesting is that a lot of the medicine that I was you know trained in to to do that was you know and initially when I was working with them quite simple and you could see you know really great healing was actually happening there and it was really interesting because obviously 
it's not to say that they don't have some toxins, but I think at a different level than we see here. And it was just really interesting to see that contrast where, oh, yeah, this is actually how this is supposed to work. Um, it was almost like miraculous because it is, um, I think that there are a lot of things that can be so beneficial, but we are we have a lot of obstacles. We definitely have a lot of obstacles, you know, and and, um, I've talked about toxicity a lot on this show and um, most people know that that I have um, chronic Lyme in remission at this point and my biggest trigger Mm -hmm. was uh, opening my practice in a a building that was brand new and all the off-gassing that I was exposed to at that time and and back then nobody talked about that. There Mm -hmm. wasn't any books on it, there was no conversation when I started to decline about what my environment was like and now I find that this has to be a conversation with everybody because if uh, they're spending you know money on supplements or changing certain habits they need to make sure that there is nothing that they're exposed to that could be contributing to what they're experiencing yeah it's it's often overlooked because it's not something that often you can see you can taste you can smell so it's not perceived to be there and I think one of the most vulnerable um, now that we're seeing is kids. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, they're growing up in a completely different environment than even I grew up. Um, and it's, it's, you know, we're seeing behavioral um, issues in kids, attention issues, learning difficulties. Um, there's obviously an increase in autism. Um, and, you know, what has changed and a lot of it's our environment. And, and I think that that's the part where the kids are going to be, they're the most susceptible. They're growing, they're learning, they're small little bodies. Um, they've got a lot of development happening. So they're, they're definitely more in that vulnerable place. So I think the more that we can understand and learn, not just for our own sake, but for our children, is really imperative because they're, the development they have now is for life. Um, and so we really want to make sure that we're we're being advocates for for future generations because um, we need this planet to sustain us. We do, and um, I think there was a quote in your book um, that we're we're treating this planet like we have another one to go to, and mm-hmm. uh, we don't. And not only that, we also don't have another body to go to, and some of the yeah. abuse that 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 we put our, ourselves through, sometimes not knowing. Um, one thing mm-hmm. you talk about in your book is is the importance of um, proper diet and nutrition. Mm-hmm. Um, can you just tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so, um, I mean, nutrition is our, that's our building blocks, right? So we are, you know, that quote is, you are what you eat. And I wouldn't necessarily say that in a literal sense, but, you know, that is where we get our sustenance. That's where we get our nutrients, our calories. So it's it's essential for life. Um, but the problem is our food is changing. So not just from a toxicity perspective where we're getting additional exposures in our food through things like pesticides and herbicides, uh, insecticides, but also the idea around how we're growing our food is really changing the quality. So, I mean, the term organic really didn't exist much when I was growing up. Food was food. Um, but you know, it's become a lot more um, prevalent and people are becoming more aware of what, what is organic, what's non-GMO, because the way that we're producing our food is so is so different. And, you know, to have, you know, 98% of soy being uh, genetically modified and corn, you know, being extremely high as well, it means that we've lost a lot of the variety in our food. So we're putting kind of all our eggs in one basket, but we're also um, at risk of losing a lot of the nutrition, and that's that's the biggest concern from, you know, the the um, large production that happens, the stripping of the soil. If the soil doesn't have the nutrients, there's no possible way that the, the plant's going to have the nutrient. And, I mean, traditional farming, you'd always rotate your crops. You would give the land rest. Now we just put chemicals on it so they grow. Um, so we're missing a lot of those trace uh, minerals. And so the problem is we might be eating the food even thinking, hey, I'm, I'm eating fruits and vegetables, so I must be getting my nutrients, right? Well, not necessarily, you know. Was it picked before it was ripe? Because that certainly makes a difference in, in the nutrient quality. How far did it have to ship it to get there? It, was it cooked? How long has it been sitting in the store? Um, and obviously, how was it grown? 
So there's so many factors just in the actual quality of food, never mind whether or not we actually absorb it. And that's a whole other issue around digestion, that the more that we are seeing digestive issues, which is definitely one of the top complaints that I'll see with patients, is, um, you know, how much are we actually getting into our body? A lot of times we might be eating, you know, the right things and, you know, even taking great supplements. But, I, you know, I'll tell people, well, maybe you're just having really expensive poop because at the end of the day, we don't know if it's getting in there. Um, And so that's, you know, an important factor as well. And then lastly, it's, you know, which I talk about in the book is one of the reasons why we're seeing more and more nutrient deficiencies is because we have such a high dependency So if we're dealing with toxins or if we're dealing with chronic infections, naturally it means that our body has to work harder. So we're going to need more of those nutrients like B vitamins and vitamin C and, you know, antioxidants in order to compensate for that. So not only do we have potentially less coming in, but now we're using it up faster. Um, All of which, I mean, we need those, those, it's, you know, I kind of tell my patients, you know, when it comes to our nutrients, like our vitamins and our minerals and our amino acids, they're not optional. They're not like, well, if you have them, great. But if you don't, no worries. We'll still work. <laughs> it's literally we need them to survive. So, um, you know, I think that it, it's something, again, we feel, well, if I've got food, we've got abundance of food, That especially in, in Canada and North America. Um, you know, very rarely are we seeing people without food into the same degree that we're seeing other places in the world, but it's how, what's the quality of the food? The quality of the food and the, the nutrients in the food. And of course, um, you know, your example was about people who are still choosing vegetables and, and fruit and eating well and, and still not getting the nutrients, but that's not always the case either. We have an abundance mm-hmm. of food, but it's um, it, it's not always food that is nourishing. And so we can be mm-hmm. causing some damage just in, in those choices as well, eating fast food or, you know, those the sugar and all, all those poor choices that, that are out there. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, food can be our, our, our savior. I mean, food can be your medicine, right? And it, a lot of times that's a big part of healing in any processes, really looking at our diet. It's often the hardest one for people to implement, but it is really important. So, I mean, food can be your medicine, but it also can be the very thing that's making you sick. So, um, it's, it's a critical factor that I think in health can never be overlooked. And unfortunately often is. Mm-hmm. Well, it definitely is in, in mainstream medicine, um, you know, the uh, even if somebody has uh, diabetes, for example, um, it, it, the, the way they're talked to about food is, is not the same conversation that, that I would have. So there's a huge mm-hmm. gap there and there's a gap in knowledge because, you know, people can think that they're, they're doing well and still eating something that's highly inflammatory or inflammatory for them, um, which is mm-hmm. where we can end up with, with a... A cycle of inflammation. Um, we're going to take a quick break. We're talking today with Dr. Alana Berg and we're discussing her book, The Courageous Cure. And we'll be back shortly. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Are you tired of the healthcare system only treating your symptoms and never addressing the root cause? Discover how integrative medicine can resolve health issues through dietary and lifestyle changes and the use of natural supplements. Increase your energy, memory, mood, immune system, sexuality, and more. Join Dr. Sunil Pai and Maureen Sutton to help you take back your health with natural evidence-based solutions. Tune in every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness Channel. Addiction can affect our relationships, our families, our home, and work lives. But most importantly, ourselves. The recovery process can do wonders in the lives of people suffering from active addiction and also for those that love them. It's not just 12-step programs, but so much more. It's learning how to live life on life's terms. If you can relate to these issues or love someone who does, start with yourself. Start by tuning in to Miracles in Recovery with host Ray Lynch, Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Hope is in your corner. 
Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Falling Through the Cracks with your host, Dr. Rebecca Riss. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email directly to Dr. Risk. The email address is anantacalgary at gmail.com. Now, back to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Today, we're talking with Dr. Alana Berg, and we're discussing her book, The Courageous Cure. So, Alana, um, you know, we, we touched on a little bit of what the root causes are. I think um, there's a lot more than that. Um, unfortunately, we only have an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, I encourage everybody to pick up your book because no matter what's going on, um, it w- will help to figure out, um, you know, you can assess every chapter and figure out if that's a an issue for you. But when, when somebody's doing that, how do they they figure out what's, the, you know, causing their symptoms or, or what's going on? Where do you start? Well, I, I wrote the book in a way so that people could really have, you know, the, the root causes to start with, because I think, you know, it's, it's really helpful to get informed about what does that mean? What is that, you know, what is she talking about in that regard? You know, nutrient to- deficiencies, toxicity, EMFs, um, we talk about stress and trauma, infections, so just so people can have a really good handle of what that means. But I mean, partly I put the stories in there so people could start kind of relating, you know, do I, do I fit into that category? Um, just so they can start getting a, an understanding. I always think that, you know, we have to be our own advocates when it comes to our health, but by no means are we expected to do this on our own. Um, you know, we all need support and help. So part of it is this, this book is really there to help people really take charge of their health and really start stepping into the ownership, but it's not about them having to figure it all out themselves. And I think that, you know, when, for example, if they see um, um, a practitioner, whether it's a naturopath or acupuncturist or um, holistic nutritionist or whoever it is, and they're talking about a certain concept, you know, they can go back to the book and be like, oh, I, I got to go back and read that and really understand what she means or he means by that. Um, so that, again, we can really own, okay, this is why I'm changing my diet. Okay, this is why uh, this infection is not, you know, helping me. And this is why these symptoms are happening. People like to connect the dots uh, all the time. You know, I think that's one of the reasons why people often want to have a diagnosis. Um, and even though I'll say, you know what, regardless of the diagnosis, I'm still getting to the root. Um, but they like to be able to have some sort of like, oh, this makes sense. I think what frustrates people more than anything is when they feel like they're in limbo. They don't understand what's happening. They don't have necessarily a reason to explain it. So they're, this is about really trying to understand, okay, I get why this is happening, so now I know how to, how to proceed in that um, and, and start seeking out the right people in that realm that's, that can um, guide them. So, I, I mean, I definitely agree with with you on on the part of the the diagnosis. I think that's really important to know what's going on. And if you haven't got to that point where your your family doctor can figure something out, you can even figure out: is this from toxins? Is this from heavy metals? Is this mm-hmm. from my diet? Which also helps give you a direction of, of what to work on. Um, you know, and and it, it, it's important to know where to go from there. Otherwise, you're mm-hmm. you know you can read so much online and then you can get kind of scattered and and there's a hundred different ways to get to the same endpoint so which one do you choose that's right for you and how do you know that and that can get very complicated absolutely and that's where I think you need to have somebody uh you know in your uh on your in your court so to speak where you're you know working with them and somebody that you can really trust and I talk about it when people find practitioners that they're working with they really not just have not not just be able to trust them and, and believe in what they're doing, but 
the practitioner also has to believe in the patient. So believe in their healing and believe in their process because I think there's nothing more discouraging when patients go in and they're just like, you know, my doctor just doesn't, they don't believe that I'm ever going to get better. Um, so they're mm-hmm. trying to make, you know, they're trying to overcome something and, and their team that they're working with literally doesn't believe in their, in their healing. So that's really important to find the people that can support you and guide you, but also believe in you. And then, you know, it's really being able to look at it. Often people start their healing in the physical level. So in the second part of my book, I talk about the levels to healing. Um, and I'm just going to, I'll kind of briefly explain it, but most of our medicine is on a physical level. So obviously the physical body is the material part, right? So it's where our symptoms are. So that could be anything from nutrition, that could be cleanses, that could, you know, that's where medications lie, that's where supplements and um, botanicals, it's all working on the physical body. And often that's where people need to start. They need to, you know, because they're, they, they need to change their diet. They need to start working on improving their energy. But I often tell people that doesn't mean that that's actually where the root is. So it will shift things, but if, the, if, if your symptoms haven't changed, then it means you haven't got to the root level yet. And it may mean you have to go deeper. So there's also the energetic body, which is where, you know, things like acupuncture or neural therapy works on. So it's that connection within the body. Um, and sometimes the imbalance or blockage is on that level. So then we need to seek out the right people that can help us there. Sometimes it's on the emotional level. So we need to seek out people that can help us on that level. And so emotions may be, maybe we haven't expressed emotions. Maybe we have some suppressed emotions. Maybe we don't know how to um, um, even recognize what our emotions are. So, you know, there's lots of different ways that we can do that. And I talk about all the different modalities in the book that people can look for. Um, it could be more on the uh, mental level. So it could be around our belief systems. It could be around our thought processes. And that's one of the big limitations in our healing. And then the last level is our spiritual level. And in my perspective, that's something that's very individual. I don't think that's something where a practitioner can necessarily help us in because it, it's really about our own experience. But it's really just recognizing that, you know, our spiritual self is already healed and already um, whole. So it's not about becoming healed or becoming something. I always think of it more so as like we're just peeling off the masks and the layers that are that are preventing us from seeing seeing our real, true, vibrant self. Well, um, I I agree with you on on all aspects of this, and you know I find um, people get very overwhelmed as well, even if they have that diagnosis, and and then they go, okay, mm-hmm. now what do I do, and. Um, I, I don't know about you, but my first start is always, okay, let's look at your gut and your diet and your foundation of, mm-hmm. your, of your life, um, yeah. because I find that will help them get grounded. It will help them um, be able to assess what's going on, what emotions are caused by your food. Like if you're not eating properly, you're mm-hmm. going to feel depressed. And if that yeah. if that clears up just by changing your diet, you may not have to take that further, or it may mm-hmm. only half clear up, but at least you got halfway there. Exactly. And uh, yeah. um, which is important, you know, you talk in your book a lot about the layers of going through stuff. And and there definitely is because let's say you've got some toxicity, some diet issues and um, an emotional issue on some level. Y- you can't deal with all of that at once. There, there no. has to be a process um, to so that you're not overwhelmed as well. And so that you feel mm-hmm. comfortable in what in the journey that you're taking. Mm hmm. And I often tell patients that, you know, there is a sequence to healing that, um, you know, exactly that your body can't do everything at once. And it's really about honoring how your body wants to heal. We can't force it to do something. But if we're really honoring how that healing um, needs to happen, then it is, a you know, it's a steady process rather than, you know, sometimes I feel like we try and do it aggressively and then we actually feel worse. Um, and I think that we're never meant to, we're always meant to be really seeking to be in tune with our symptoms and what's going on in our body. And I think that's actually part of our healing is figuring out what is it that my body's saying. I think we've kind of lost that ability to really tap in. Um, and so part of healing is getting more aware of that. 
Uh, definitely more aware of what's going on and, and what we need to do to feel better. And and I think an important one that um, is really hard for a lot of people is taking that time to get better. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. we're in this go, go, go society and, and we really don't want to stop and take that time to heal. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we just push ourselves a little too much. And that's where stress obviously comes in and, and is a, in a huge factor. Stress and trauma is a big factor when it comes to healing. Um, and it does. It, it, you know, it creates barriers because um, sometimes stresses are, are real, you know, and they're going through something that is um, really significant and, and difficult for them to, um, you know, change certain things in their lifestyle or their health or it could be finances. Um, but you know, it's with anything, I always say, well, you know, when it comes to stress, you've really got two options, either change your circumstances or you change your perspective, um, because it's never going to be serving you. Um, and sometimes we can't change our circumstances and many times we don't actually have to change our circumstances. We do, do just have to change how we look at it. Um, and that's a process as well. Well, it's definitely a process. I, I also think everybody could could benefit in because stress is one of our major contributors in our society. And mm-hmm. and I think why we're we're losing our way, you know, with each other. I'm not sure if I'm saying this right, but I find that we're more against each other than we should be. Um, you know, mm-hmm. we gossip about each other. We talk about each other behind our backs and we're not or we don't mm-hmm. believe somebody has the pain that they have or the illness that they have or that it's as bad as it is and instead of being there for that person and supporting them we're we're more stuck in this negative um, mind frame and um, that also contributes to everything we're experiencing mm-hmm. feeling feeling supported in our process rather than judged by it um, mm-hmm. and and I think that's that is a you know it's a lot of us projecting our our own hurts and um, trauma and, and brokenness on other people, right? And then it just becomes this kind of vicious cycle. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, um, you know, the, the emotional stress and trauma is definitely something you talk about in your book and you said was a huge part for you. Um, mm-hmm. what, what do you recommend people do if they feel like that's uh, contributing to their illness? Well, um, one of the things that, you know, each of us have to kind of understand more is really try and figure out not just emotionally, but, you know, there's many different people that you can seek to kind of, you know, whether it's counseling to work through things. But I think one of the things that we often don't look at is why we do what we do, why we think the way we think. I mean, I think so many times we're just stuck in our head and we really just you know, we're kind of playing this reality out in our mind of the way the world works or the way people are behaving or the way my job is or this is the way my this illness is. And we never actually stop to really think about, why am I thinking this way? Or is this really serving me? Do I want to be thinking this way? Um, and I think that, you know, when I talk about kind of the trauma and the big picture around, you know, the emotional um, and mental environment that's affecting our our health, I think it's very rare to say that people don't have some level of limitation mentally or emotionally that's having an effect on their health, whether it's a cause or an effect. Sometimes, you know, their illness has actually created some issues mentally maybe or emotionally. Maybe now they feel depressed or they feel isolated or now they have anxiety. Um, So, you know, we're so interconnected. I think it's really difficult to think that we're all just, you know, it's all just some physical symptom. And I think that's the the part that people are often really afraid to tap into and they're, you know, it's, it doesn't feel comfortable to be vulnerable and have to share your story or talk about how you're feeling. And many of us weren't taught how to express that properly. Um, so it, it's not, it's not always the most comfortable part. I mean, I think that's why so many times we have to work on these other layer, layers first because, we're, it's a real vulnerable process to be like, oh, maybe I could be doing things differently. Oh, maybe I need to like look at the way I'm looking at my life, and oh, maybe maybe some of this actually depends on me to make changes. 
Um, and so that's a bit of a, a paradigm shift. I think a lot of times we're very culturally, we often look at, well, it's this person's fault or, or it's, you know, the government's fault or it's, you know, this job or, you know, we often are looking for a way to understand something by looking on the outside rather than looking on the inside. Um, so, you know, I talk about it in my book is just trying to really explore that and just help people to start looking at it from a different perspective. And that's really the first thing is, if we can start seeing a different perspective, then we can really start opening up and really start learning. I mean, it's, the answers are all in there already. So when we're seeking out other people to help us, it's just accessing what's already there. Um, which is important to know that that we can do this. And, um, you know, your book is, is full of information and you and I, we, did, we didn't touch on a lot of it Uh, an hour is definitely not enough time so Mm -hmm. is there um, a way people can get a hold of your book are you if they want more information yeah so I um, live in Kelowna BC and I do have um, a practice here uh, not path practice but I I work mostly full-time and uh, I also have a website dralanaberg.com um, where you can read more about me and about the book. Um, and I also, there's a link there that you can go to Amazon.com or .ca, and that's where you can uh, find the book. Um, and I also have uh, Facebook and Instagram, also Dr. Alana Berg. So they're all, they're all the same, so it's super easy. Well, perfect. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Um, it was uh, great, great to uh, have a chat, and hopefully... Um, you know, this is able to touch some people's lives and, and maybe inspire them to, to you know, know that they, they can be their own courageous cure. Definitely. Um, thank you so much for joining me today. We were talking with uh, Dr. Alana Berg, and her book is The Courageous Cure, Understanding Why You Get Sick and Revealing How You Can Heal. And uh, if you want more information about my story and what I went through, you can find that on my uh, website at dr-wrist.com. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Pinterest. And uh, thank you so much for listening today. Be sure to make today a great day. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Please join Dr. Rebecca Risk again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We'll talk more next week.